Welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 359. Welcome to another episode, Who fans. Welcome to another week. Hope you are keeping well and safe. We hope you've had a cracking week. You've all managed to do something Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Related. Related. <laughs> Never in sync in that bit. No. It's probably my fault. <laughs> when we're done recording, listener, at the end, Adam's like, for F's sake, why do you never do that bit properly? <laughs> <laughs> You should do in trying to whip the uh, round table team into shape when they do the Alonzis. Like, come on! Oh, yeah. Whips out. Come on! Uh, Get in time. <laughs> those guys, eh? Those when guys. you're next talking to them. Yeah, I'm going to have to corral them all into a little room and hammer that out. Be like, oi! When we're recording next. So, think, fingers crossed. Actually, now you mentioned that. Fingers crossed. Next week, we'll have our, our July round table, so... Yeah, keep an eye on the old tweets, the old Twitter for that. Talking of those guys, mate, I, I think I saw on the old Facebook that it's Harry's birthday today. So happy birthday, Has. It's today, it's isn't it? Writing yes, team. It is. Yeah, how do we say his surname? Harry? Uh, it's Harry Marciniak, uh, I believe. Marciniak, yeah. yeah. Oh, old Harry. That sounds like a race, doesn't it? The Marciniaks are coming the Mar- <laughs> to, to take over the planet. <laughs> Uh, the Marciniacs, yes. yes Harry's one of our writers uh, For any listeners that aren't aware He's one of our writing team, isn't he? he on is. our website Yes, and uh, Harry's a very good actor as well So any um, any scouts out there? Anybody looking to cast anybody in TV, film and theatre? Let us know, we'll pass Harry on so, uh, We wound him up a few, uh, a few round tables ago Because um, it was when we were running up to the news of are we going to get an announcement for the next Doctor yet? Is it not going to happen? And, you know, rumours were going wild and the bookies were putting like a million names in the hat. And there was one round table where Harry couldn't make it and we were like, oh, yeah. Ah. Hmm. Off to Wales, are we? Off to a certain (laughs) studio. Bit of bad wolf action. We know what's going on. (laughs) Bless him. But no, it's a, yeah, he looks so young. I don't even know how old he is. He's one of these guys that just annoyingly Looks about three or four years younger than what he actually is. So I think he's in his early, I think he's 20, I don't even know, 19? I don't know how old 20? he is. Oh. All I know is he's, he's a year older today, <laughs> however old he is. <laughs> yeah. He's probably 35. Probably 30, yeah, <laughs> probably 35, yeah. He's had a load <laughs> of jobs already. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going know. for those auditions, they're like, yeah, we haven't got any parts for teenagers. He's like, I'm 36 years old. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I wish I had that gene. Oh, God. <laughs> Looking young. Yeah. Yeah. Good genes. But happy birthday, Harry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You little 
<laughs> right we have some news to get on with this week which is great we've got a couple of stories which is Gosh. unheard of these days unbelievable we knew it was coming though we knew that once the announcement was out the way and we had all the stuff out the way with david Tennant and Catherine tate and and all that jazz it would quiet down a bit but we have one story relating to uh, the upcoming new stuff the new era of doctor who plus some cool some cool events that are going on uh, up in the north of the UK, which will fill you in on. But before we crack on with all that, uh, like I said, uh, we hope you've had a good a good Doctor Who week. Have you done anything Doctor Who-y, dude? I haven't, I'm afraid to say. No, I haven't done anything. I've had a really crazily busy week. Um, I just haven't stopped for breath. Ah. Uh, so I'm afraid I haven't done anything Doctor Who related this week. Um, the only thing I've really got to talk about is uh, I just saw, or yesterday, that Segan... Akinola, is that you say his name? He's, uh, uh, yep. he's tweeted that he's, basically he's officially announced that he's moving on from Doctor Who. I think he put something like four series, one Doctor, one showrunner, it's time to, you know, one great job or something, time to move on. And uh, Joe Martin immediately picked him up on it and said, <laughs> quoted his tweet by saying, one Doctor, question marks, confused face. Ooh. So, Segan, you're in trouble there, mate. Uh, so, yeah, Segan's moving on. Um, not really surprised, are you? I mean, I think his sound, his music is very much tied to the Chibnall era, and I think with Russell coming in, we want things to freshen up. So I'm not surprised. Are you to hear he's moving on? Mm, I don't think, no, I don't think so. I think, um, yeah, it's always, you never quite know what's going on behind the scenes, do you, with that stuff, though, because uh, you never know how much of a, what's the phrase, how much of a clean sweep you want them mm. to do when you have these big changeovers. You know, when the moth bag took over with Matt Smith and so on. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he kept Murray on, didn't he? Yeah, I was going to say. So he kept on a lot of the production staff, kept Murray on and mm. some other people. So, But you never know. You never. Whereas when uh, Chibbers took over, that felt like he really did a proper, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, proper clean sweep. So who knows what Russell's up to, but um, does that open a door for a certain person to come back? Well, that's what everyone's saying, is it? They're all like, oh, Murray, come back. Now, I, I get the feeling you'd love Murray to come back. I get the feeling you'd you'd be up for that. Uh, yes and no, bud. Mm. Yes and no. Yes, I would, because mm, familiar is good. <laughs> we know you're gonna, what you're going to get with Murray. But at the same time, no. I would, I would like to see... Do you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see somebody to put a really cool twist on doctor who music so we've had murray which has got the big uh the, the, the big kind of in your face action style stuff as well as some really lovely themes that you are that they associate with certain characters which is really nice and then mm. you had segan who was um almost the other end of the spectrum i would say and it was very much more just supporting atmospheric music yeah. for the story mm. rather than for characters as such so i'd like to see someone do like a bit of both and um uh, this will lead on to my week actually i've not done anything doctor Who either but i have been on a massive binge of stranger things oh brilliant yeah so uh, yeah. me and my wife we hadn't seen season four and i hadn't seen so we she's never seen it at all and i'd only oh. watched up to the end of season two previously so we both decided okay let's just watch it right from the beginning so we've watched all the way up and we're now episode three of season four and right, one thing right. that's really cool about the soundtrack for that is that it kind of um 
does a bit of both. So there's like certain themes that play when uh, the main character, uh, the cast of kids are all together. There's another theme that plays whenever you're in the upside down. There's another one mm. that plays, you know, when there's an emotional scene. So it's yeah. not quite anchored to a specific character as such. And it does have its kind of atmospheric music, obviously, but it also caters for um, like the action scenes and the horror scenes and stuff. So that would be kind of cool. I'm not sure if that particular style would fit because that's got more of a kind of 80s vibe synth kind of, you know, keyboardy sound. Yeah, that's but, right. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not saying to pluck out the, the sound, that, you know, from that. But yeah, I think something like that would be good. And I don't think, well, I don't know, Murray might be able to do that stuff. I'm not sure. But so, yes, Murray would be cool. But also somebody new that could do some of the, uh, just another take really. But just a bit more than Segan, not as in your face as Murray in between yeah no that's that's a really good shout actually i'm on the same page because I, I do love modes of music but yeah i feel like we want because obviously rtd's getting the old team back together i think people just assume getting the band back together it's getting the band back together <laughs> so we just assume murray's waiting in the wings to, to be asked but i do think it'd be nice if we got because music is very important and it does set the feel of the show and i think because we've had 12 years was it of murray um, I, I personally, as much as I love his music, I think it would be nice to have a new composer, someone like da- David Arnold or so, I don't know, just somebody fresh to give it a fresh feel. Cause I think we, yeah, we don't want to go back, you know, we, we don't want to look through those rose tinted glasses and go back, you know, to what we had before. It has to be fresh as well as familiar, I think for it to work. Um, but I do think it's the right time for Segan to move on. I, um, yeah, I agree with you. Some of his music is more atmospheric. It's you know, I, I would like something in between the two. Um, so I'm more of a Murray Gold fan in terms of the music style in Dot Two. But I will say this for Segan: um, I liked his theme. I really liked the opening mm, theme yeah. in terms of I think he went back and managed to capture a bit of that original feel that the original theme had. So hats off to him. I mean, it's so much better than Murray's awful screechy cat. You know, the, the the 12 Doctor theme that we had towards the end is possibly the worst, that screechy violin version of the theme tune. I don't know how... Oh, I, would, would Moffat have made that decision? Who decided <laughs> when that was submitted that, yes, that's the one, because it was dreadful. So Segan's theme tune, um, I think, is really cool. And I will say this for him. We we talked, I think, some of the episodes who criticised his music for being a bit bland at times. and But I think we both said that... He's definitely mixed it up recently. So the last couple of specials we've said, haven't we, that he's, you know, a bit more, I wouldn't say themes, but a bit more going on, a bit more orchestration. And he's definitely sort of um, up the ante bit of his music over the last couple of specials. So, yeah, I think he's definitely given Chibnall what Chibnall wanted, a fresh sound. Hmm. Might not be to my taste all the time, but I think um, overall he's done a fairly good job for that era. But uh, I yeah, I, I'm ha- I'm sort of glad he's not staying on. I think I uh, too much of that <laughs> music palette would just it, it is just getting a little bit stale at times. So you know, yes, yeah, time yeah. to move on. Yes, and there's a obviously a ton of great composers out there. Mm, he's well, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So who knows? Who knows? We'll keep you guys updated though when we hear because I'm assuming that will be we'll find out that stuff before the first episode or before the sixtieth, whatever. Yeah. Actually, no, because Segan would have already composed everything for the 60th episode, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's, that's all wrapped up. That's all yeah. wrapped up. Yeah. So um, when we start the, um, the the brand new stuff, 
proper. Uh, it will probably be announced before that who the composer is and whatnot. So, yeah, good times. Right, before we crack on with this news then, remember to remember to subscribe or follow this podcast in your preferred podcast app. So that way you won't miss a show when it lands every single Friday. You can also listen on the website, which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. All the episodes on there available to listen for free. And we're on the socials free. too. Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. There are links on the website. Give us a like and a follow over there as we chat Doctor Who throughout the week. And we have a free Discord server as well. Again, there's a link on the website. Hop in there and chat Doctor Who with lots of other Who fans. And as Adam mentioned earlier, one of our writers, Harry, go and check his stuff out on the website, along with Maria, Jordan and Mark and Matt. Go and read all of their cool reviews and articles and whatnot. And uh, lastly, don't forget to remember, very important, to <laughs> mm. so go and check out Adam's stuff on YouTube. It is, of course, the Geek's Handbag. Yes, go and have a look at my YouTube channel. There'll be, an, well, when this podcast goes out on a Friday, there'll be a new video out today. So you're getting a free podcast and a video from yours truly. So go and have a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> he says, I haven't uploaded it yet, but I'm, it should be out by now. <laughs> yeah, go and check it all out. Go and check out yeah. all the things. It's all good. Uh, rightio, let's crack on with some news. I'm going to land land this beast, and uh, and we'll get into it. All right. Rightio. First up, we have there's some news that's related to the upcoming new era of uh, of Doctor Who, and that is fans of the old behind the scenes style show that was out from, I think I'm sure it was series series one or two, right from the get-go. We had a very, very cool behind-the-scenes show called Doctor Who Confidential, which was just so good. It had loads of little behind-the-scenes interviews and snippets and following people around with a camera and and all that stuff. It was great. And then it went away and everyone was like, boo, we want it back. So Mm. as as expected, Russell has come, come through with the goods before he's even... Before he's even got into the uh, into the stuff properly with uh, with episode one and a new behind the scenes Doctor Who spin off show will accompany the new series from next year in 2023. So Russell T has commissioned this series to run alongside the new series of Doctor Who and it's called Doctor Who Unleashed, Ooh. and it will begin next year in conjunction with the 60th anniversary special that has David Tennant back to reprise his role and Catherine Tate uh, to come back and reprise her role as uh, Donna Noble. It's going to be presented by uh, BBC radio presenter and um, and gaming journalist as well, Stefan Powell. I don't know who Stefan Powell is. I'm not listening no to, the, to the right radio stations, clearly. Um, but apparently it will have a very similar format to Doctor Who Confidential, which is great. That launched back in 2005 and ran all the way up to 2012. So there we go, buddy. Uh, Russell T bringing back the old uh, behind the scenes stuff, which is great news, right? This is going to be awesome. Yeah, no, it is great. I mean, I, I very often when we watch a, a newer series uh, episode of Who, I will watch the confidentials afterwards because they're a lot of fun, actually. You know, um, you, just the behind the scenes stuff you get to see. I'm thinking of the the next when we did the next Doctor recently, the Christmas one, and I watched David and uh, well, David and David, David Tennant, David Morrissey being pulled along on this little sledge thing on the floor when they're supposed to be uh, being 
carried along by one of those cyber shades and they were showing how they filmed it and they were just laughing so much. It was just a real, you know, fun to watch. And Russell's always so enthusiastic on the confidentials, you know. You, re- you just really feel the passion from him. So I think it's something that's been really missing from this era, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it's, this is not throwing shade at Chibnall. He's just a totally different person to Russell. But Russell's very much sort of like the face of his era. So he really puts himself out there and, mm. you know, and seems to enjoy uh, sort of doing things like Confidential, whereas Chibnall has really takes a back seat, does the sort of minimal amount of promotion for himself. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's, it, I, I feel like it's nice to have that presence of getting a bit of an inside look behind the scenes, really. Mm. Um, and uh, when did it stop? When did Confidential actually... 2012. Like what? So what doctor was that? Peter. Did it go all the way out to Peter's run or did they sort of stop it before? Or I can't remember now. Um, no, I'm not sure. I can't remember. No, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I used to love it. Because I remember it got shorter and shorter, didn't it? Like, I watched the Confidential for Waters of Mars when we reviewed that recently, and that was fantastic. Um, but it's as long as the episode. It's, an, you know, the Confidential is an hour long. You know, it's like a proper <laughs> behind-the-scenes programme. But it was brilliant just to see all the goings-on behind the scenes and just hearing the actors talk and David saying about, you know, all oh, my time is, you know, now that I'm leaving, I'm sort of feeling this. And it's, it's just really, really nice to sort of, um, to have that sort of bonus to the episode, I think. Yeah, so it, it would be, dude. Yeah, and it has been lacking that little bit of, because Chibbers, um, as you said, just didn't really put anything out really to people to get their teeth in. So it was very... Um, uh, very much relying on um, that wait and see kind of approach to things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool. I mean, it ran up to, I'll tell you what, dude, it ran up to right up to the end of series six, mate. So um, at the start of 2012, that was right. series seven. So that was Matt's, um, you know, Matt's last, last run. So it ran up to there, um, okay. which wasn't bad going really. So uh, what's that? Six years, seven years that ran for? Hmm. which is not too bad and uh this um this story is actually coming from uh, the the mirror newspaper mirror.co.uk and apparently one of their sources um said that uh, confidential was always hugely popular amongst fans when eccleston brought the show back as the ninth doctor and continued during uh david's tenure into the tardis as the tenth doctor blah 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 and hmm. they go on to say that russell is aware that doctor who fans can never get enough content when it comes to the show and uh, how it is made with David and Catherine making a sensational return. He thought the time was right to bring the back the behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, which will document their comebacks and show you how the special was made. So, yeah, it all sounds rather good, dude. Can't wait for it. I must admit, yeah, I'm just as excited to see Catherine and David chatting candidly behind the scenes as anything else, because those two are great together anyway. Um, just naturally funny. Do you remember when they did Nevermind the Buzzcocks, how hilarious Catherine Tate was on that with David presenting do you remember that oh yeah yeah that David was presented amazing. it and she was a contestant and she was hilarious um, those two are just brilliant together so yeah can't wait for that sounds sounds really really good right in other news this is great news actually so the new doc 2 exhibition uh, that's opened in liverpool uh, it's running till the end of october so it's running until the 30th of october um they, there's possibility they might extend it hopefully but at the minute that's the cut-off date but they're going to be doing a series of uh, special free 
Doctor Who events uh, at the exhibition, which is really cool. Now, uh, I've been to this uh, and I absolutely loved it. I went uh, about a month or so back. Uh, absolutely loved the exhibition. Thought it was great. It was like a sort of mini version of the Doctor Who experience. So I recommend it to any Doctor Who fan. In fact, I recommend it to anybody. It was a. Um, I don't think you need to need to be a Doctor Who fan because I remember walking around just hearing like kids telling their parents what things were like you know oh, this is a weeping angel mum sort of thing and they're all oh, right you know so i think anybody could just go and enjoy this uh, exhibition it's great so they're doing a few events uh, they sound very very cool so from the 20th of july which has just started uh, up till the 24th of august they're doing an edge of time vr experience so virtual reality experience where you can travel in the tardis through virtual reality and solve puzzles to earn time crystals uh, so that's very cool if you like your vr stuff they're doing a make a sonic screwdriver so uh, they're going to be i don't know if they're actually going to be welding in there i'm not sure but it says um where is it? it says uh steam engineers join steam engineers to make your own light up sonic screwdriver to take home in this special event we'll learn all about circuits and build a simple one ourselves to light up wooden sonic screwdriver so that's very cool imagine that leaving the (laughs) exhibition with your own uh, you know homemade sonic screwdriver amazing they're also going to be showing you uh micro bit sonic screwdrivers so um basically create an led circuit to light it up and showing you all that because that's the thing about this exhibition it's not just showing you the props from the show they it's quite immersive they really want you to learn things from doctor who so it's a it's, I say educational. It's not like they you stand in front of a teacher and they sort of bore you to death with information. There's just as you walk around, there's sort of um, things you can sort of like screens you can touch and move things around on and learn about things. And so, if you want to just walk around and look at the props, you can, or you can sort of read all the information on the walls. And there's lots of interactive things. Um, they're also doing a builder TARDIS. Uh, so join us to make your own TARDIS using recycled materials, which will be displayed in the museum afterwards. Amazing. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. And they're also doing a create a costume. Uh, so um, join artist Jane Gordon for a drop-in family workshop to create all kinds of weird and wonderful costumes from materials inspired by your favourite or two character. So some really great events. And I think uh, most of these are running from now up to it looks like the 11th of august i think um so the next sort of few weeks uh but yeah check the uh, gary put the link in the show notes um mm-hmm. to this but it's it's if you're gonna go there or you can get up for this exhibition it's worth it it's really good fun and uh, those events sound great don't they they're really sort of nice like you can tell they've put some thought into that really nice events and free events to, to go to they do they sound very very cool and uh, i chuckled actually when i saw the um uh, the build your own build a TARDIS because yeah. I just had visions of uh, <laughs> visions of some lad or some girl ringing their parents like right I'm ready to be picked up now but you're going to need to bring a van uh, a fairly large van yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's going to be very cool though and this is the kind of thing that really gets fans uh, especially new Doctor Who fans really engaged in that stuff because mm. it's really similar to the sort of things that you would go over to when you go to disney world in florida and you do the whole star wars thing they've got all this stuff there where you build your own lightsaber and all that stuff and when you see youtube videos of people doing that it's like so people are just in their element and they just get lost in that whole world for 
for half an hour to an hour, however long it takes. Um, it's just so so cool. So I'm really glad that they're doing it for free as well. That's very cool. So you can just yeah. drop in and just having a quick whisk through the times. It's normally a morning and an afternoon slot. So it's normally um, sort of 10, half 10-ish until 12.30-ish. And then again in the, the afternoon between sort of 1 and 3, 1 and 4-ish. So yeah, as, I, as Adam said, I'll stick a link, uh, go and check it out. And if you're up that way, then go and see the exhibition, of course, anyway. Go up there and, mm. and see all that. But this stuff is uh, is very cool. So, yeah, looks very good, bud. I hope um, I hope they either extend it or it moves on to another location because it, it's such a cool exhibition. I, it, Yeah, I hope, like, when it comes to the 30th, that isn't just it. They just pack up the costumes and put them away again. You know, I really hope it carries on either there or somewhere else. Yeah, because it's, it's such a cool little exhibition. It is. Yes, but yeah, yeah. I, need, I still need to get up there myself and yeah, do it. And do you do it. Honestly, it's do. great. Yeah. yeah, cool. Right, well, that wraps up the news, mm-hmm. dear Doctor Who fan. We are now going to jump straight into our review. So this week, dude, what are we doing? Yeah, so back to Miracle Day. Uh, I think is this episode five? I've completely lost five. track. I think yep. it is. Yeah, yep. and it's called. Uh, oh no, I can't read my writing. What is it called? Something. <laughs> Categories called... of life. Oh yeah, God, my writing's terrible. Categories of life. <laughs> And today, United Nations has officially sanctioned a new category system with immediate effect. I'm joining the cause. What are we doing to fight this miracle? Tell me. That's where you're taking your father, and that's where you're going. To get him out. The government now has the power to decide whether you're dead or alive. Well, the government all the category wants. And the question is, what are they using the bodies for? So we need to get inside the camp to find out what those modules are. God knows what Fico is doing. Do you realize what happens when you make somebody one? Look, he's my dad, okay? He's my father. Now I need you to look after him. And what is this place? Man has risen again. Risen again, apparently. Mm. What's that word he has to say? Important Revolution. word, isn't it? Revelation, yeah. Revelation. Yes. <laughs> okay, then. Torchwood. Miracle Day, we're getting through it. This is episode mm-hmm. five. And it was first broadcast back on the... It was the 5th of August, 2011, in the US. And then we got it on the 11th of August here in the UK. It was written by Jane uh, Espenson, directed by Guy Ferland, and stars the same uh, sort of principal cast as we've had up to now. So John Barrowman, Eve Miles, uh, Mecky Pfeiffer, Alexa Havins as Esther... Uh, Bill Pullman as Oswald Danes, Kai Owen and um, Arlene Tur as Vera. And um, the synopsis is really short for this one. It just says, <laughs> Torchwood goes undercover and discovers the terrible truth behind the miracle. Oh, right. A little bit generic, <laughs> well, that. Yeah. Do they discover? Well, I suppose they discover a bit more. Do, yeah. We're still not getting many answers, really, are we? It's still a lot of... Lots still unknown in this series, I think. <laughs> mm. uh, oh, yeah, I think that's a bit of a premature synopsis mm. at this point in the yes. series. But anyway, we're up to series, uh, series episode five. Mm. So what did you think to this one, bud? Because last week, to fill anybody in that didn't listen last week or you missed it, there was, we, we had, uh, sorry, two weeks ago, we had this review where we were like, it it's, sort of feels a little bit, filler mid-series dippy but it wasn't too bad there was a few mm. little nuggets in there that we could get on board with so this one then 
Is it still the same or have we dipped or is this really cool in your eyes? What do you think? Now, I, to me, this is the same, actually. That um, it, it had a bit of meat on the bones, this episode. So there was there was a few interest, a few more scraps thrown in, a few more little bits thrown in to keep me intrigued. And I, I think now I've sort of, now I know the feel of this series. You know, now I know the sort of pacing of it. I'm finding it an okay watch. I mean, I'm not, I don't think it's great by a, by a long stretch, but um, I think now that I know how it all sort of plays out in terms of the style of the series, does that make sense? Because the first couple of episodes, it feels so different from the torture we've had before. I think it's been quite jarring, really. And it's, I think it's taken me to get to this point to sort of just settle back and just watch the series for what it is rather than what I sort of want it to be. So, yeah, I watched it last night and I thought there was a few good moments, um, a few horrific moments and a few interesting moments. Um, but it's very much the same as last week. It's, it's sort of just treading water again. And I don't feel like we're any sort of closer to particularly finding out any big revelations it's it's a mid-series episode so i think i maybe was expecting like a bit of a game changer you know something thrown in there to make us go <gasps> to hook us into the rest of the series which didn't really happen uh it's weird because <laughs> i don't know you probably don't get this because you're watching it on iplayer aren't you yes yeah see I'm, I'm watching it on i've got the blu-ray set and each episode starts with a mini sort of 30 second introduction from john barrowman and russell t davis which i'm assuming you don't get no not an iplayer no. well it's it's quite funny really because <laughs> they are really trying to eject some life into it especially john barrowman but you it feels so forced honestly in fact th this one was quite funny which is why i mentioned it because you got john barrowman he's like so touch with episode five you know he's like he's really trying to sell it to you but russell it's almost desperate. It, 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 he actually says something like, please watch this, this one. It's, it's it, because this one we find out. <laughs> so I'm like, he's almost begging people to not give yeah. up um, watching it. Uh, it's a very strange little, and, and they've, I've had this for every episode so far. They do this little introduction. And um, if you ever get a chance to watch him, just do just out of curiosity. Cause it, it is strange. It's just Russell and um, Barrowman sort of desperately telling the viewers what's, coming up in the episode and please watch it uh so yeah I, for me it's it's another half decent episode it wasn't anything great but it had some couple of good moments um it had that shocking moment with vera which we'll come on to at the end which was quite harsh um oswald dane got a, a good moment towards the end i thought was kind of gave the episode a bit of a lift uh his speech thing at the end but uh, yeah, it's, I'm not enthralled by this series at all. I'm I'm happy to put put it on and, and watch it, and it plods along, and it's okay. It's an all right watch, but yeah, I'm not engrossed by it at all. Mm. And so yeah, it's just another okay episode for me. Hmm. I concur. Aha, uh -huh. my friend, I concur. Mm. It's okay, isn't it? It's very much on the same par as we had last time for episode four, where the story's kind of plodding along but mm. nothing groundbreaking is happening to keep you sort of really wanting more and get through the series it's just like yeah here's a bit more hand holding you know we're going to reveal a little bit more and a little bit more but i don't know nothing n nothing's grabbing me and mm. uh, we said it a few times when we reviewed the last series by the time we got to the end of each episode through children of earth it was just this crazy 
um like fear like fomo massively like we, mm. it was almost like oh, i can't wait for two weeks to to review this again we have to keep watching it so uh, but I'm not getting that at all with this. I think it's an okay watch as you're going through the ep- the episode and you feel like, okay, that's not too bad. Oh, that bit's not too bad. That's mm. not too bad. But then you get to the end of the episode and you're like, um, right, okay. Uh, yeah, I can wait. <laughs> I can wait those two weeks to watch the next one for the, for the next review sort of thing. I certainly haven't got any wants. I, I feel like I don't want to, like I'm desperate to stick the next one on, if that makes sense. Mm. So yeah, it's it's weird because you you feel like at this point in the game, because how many episodes are left after this? Uh, three, another five? Is it ten or eight? I can't remember. But it's ten, I think. Oh, ten, isn't it? So we're halfway through, <laughs> and uh, and it and that's the thing. It doesn't feel filler. It just feels. Oh, there's a word here. I'm sure there's a word here. It feels expected. Like mm-hmm. it's an expectant thing you're going to see, and I think that the biggest thing that they were trying to do uh, with this one is um, they were trying to get across this kind of thought that, like, okay, this is nothing really to do with the people behind this. They're still trying to peddle this sort of fight or thing, mm-hmm. but this is more around how how the human race is now dealing with the thing which is yeah. you know which is the title of the episode it's about okay we have people that are at various stages of of health and death basically it sounds quite dark but that's the thing it's okay we've got these people that are injured but they're not quite on the emergency list so they're a category whatever 3 then we've got the people that are in serious beep but are not supposed to be dead like if the miracle wasn't happening they would be seriously injured, but they wouldn't have died from it. They're like two. And then I think category one is you would absolutely have died if it wasn't for the miracle. And so, and because of that, they've categorized people and then sent these people who are just taking up resources to these quote unquote overflow camps, which Mm. is very morbid. And they can sense like the tortured peeps, they can sense that this is not right. The public is like, you know, this is terrible. And it's not until the very end of the episode we get the reveal about what these, what they're called, modules. Is it modules are? Modules? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, which is essentially, and this is very dark, so turn us down, listener, if you don't want to hear this bit, but essentially this is incinerating people. Mm. So it, it's really dark because... Bleak. It is bleak, yeah, because yeah. you think, okay, at this point, well, up to this point anyway we've just done okay with like, yeah, they're filling up hospitals, you know, they've taken mm. these people to different sites and whatever. They're kind of dealing with it. But behind the scenes, we know that the people who are higher up the chain, whoever they are, military doctors or whatever, you know, they've decided that can't do that anymore. We have to get rid of people. It sounds horrible, but mm. that's the thing. And they didn't play on that. Really? They didn't really play on that. The only sort of thing that we got because that was the horrific bit of the story. Yeah. But then we didn't really get that. They they really should have ploughed into that a bit more. The only thing we got in relation to that is Gwen trying to get her dad out of the overflow camp because she she knows, like the rest of the torture people, that this overflow idea and these modules, whatever, they are not, they do not sound good at all. So she's mm. desperate to get her dad out of there and then something happens to him anyway and blah, blah, blah. The rest of the time, really, it's just... The same as we got last time. It was go undercover for a little bit, try and get some information, 
Was Oswald up to? Absolutely nothing. Hasn't moved on at all from last time. He's just giving another public speech on on TV. The little PR woman, she's not doing anything different. So, yeah, it's weird. It's frustrating on one hand because they had a really cool, albeit horrific, addition to the story. But then on the other hand, it's like, we're no further ahead, so... It feels like that's it, doesn't it? It feels like they've got some good ideas thrown into this series, but they've there's so much space in between that those good ideas are just not coming off in the way that they should. And and that's the other thing, isn't it? I feel like we're repeating so many things from previous episodes. Like the Torchwood team, one of the good things about this was that they've started to work together again, so they're getting stuff to do, so that makes it more interesting. But then we had that two stories back where they got together and then they split up again and had an argument. We had the undercover thing with uh, Rex this time going into cover, which we had like the previous episode. So it, it's just the same ideas, you know, over and over again, isn't it? Like you said, Dane Oswald uh, losing popularity again, but then managing mm-hmm. to turn it around again. It's again. like, it, it just feels <laughs> like they, they've, they've got some good story structure, but in between that, it's just a merry-go-round of the same. Okay. So they're going to go undercover. They're going to discover one more little nugget of information. Then they're going to get caught. Dane's going to, get the audience back on the side, but then he's going to lose them, but then he's going to get them back on the side because of the PR woman. And so, But we'll throw in somebody telling the PR woman that she's doing a good job so that there's a mystery there. Who's that? Who's who's she working for? So, you know what I mean? They've got these good ideas, but it's so thinly stretched out um, over the course of this series so far that it's, it's just not coming together very well, I don't think. Mm. I mean, who do you... Do you have any idea who's behind any of this stuff i mean i'm i'm already a bit sort of lost really of what's going on it, i think because of the the huge gaps in between the storytelling in terms of the filler there's so much filler in this series it's unbelievable because of that filler i'm not even really sure like what what the mystery is or what's going on so who's fi psych fi corp or whatever they're called Fy-corp, like yeah. who's behind the miracle day how has it happened do we do we have any sort of any sort of bits of information that we might have gleaned over the five episodes or not? Cause I'm none the wiser. Not really. It's just been no. a bunch of, a bunch of little moments that have happened that have led you to think, well, this is obviously sinister. I think we had the realization, you know, when they, they broke into the warehouse a couple of episodes ago, the five yeah, yeah. and yeah. they had discovered that they had been stockpiling everything because they knew that this event was coming. Mm. Um, so that was that kind of led you down the hole the FICOP thing is is obviously bad news it sounds like but then you had these other little bits that made you think well obviously the people who run FICOP or this other whole thing person group of people have sent an assassin to take out Jack and so on that didn't work um, and then we had the, uh, the the guy who was the head of um, you know, the head of the CIA, I guess, whatever intelligence agency that mm. um, Rex works for and Esther and so on. You know, the yeah. guy who was on the phone to that mysterious, whoever it was. And uh, so we had that. And then recently... Is that the Jurassic Park guy? Yes, him, yeah. Yeah, yeah what's happened to him? Yeah, because he, he was on a, this kind of special, special phone call. He, like he had a dedicated yeah. phone that, you know... Anyway, and then I think the most recent one is the the 
um, the the PR woman, the ginger-haired woman. What's her name? Uh, Jilly Kitzinger, is it? Yes. Kitzinger, yeah. Um, she was appro- approached by this mystery dude, wasn't she, in this one where he was... You're doing a good job. Doing a, you know, that one. He was like, yeah, the right people are, are watching. <laughs> and she was intrigued. And yeah. So... Yeah, they're kind of putting the breadcrumbs down so that when we get to the end of the series, we can trace it back and be like, oh, it's because of that. But right now, I'm with you. It's kind of... Uh, I'm, I'm wondering how long they're going to leave it before they in, they reveal who the bad guy really is or the bad guys and then have to have the torture guys deal with that or whether yeah. they're just going to keep going and going. It's going to be the penultimate episode or the last one where we find out and stuff, so... I get the feeling yeah. we won't find out to the end. And I also get the feeling it's going to be uh, an underwhelming conclusion. <laughs> I don't know. I could be wrong. I really hope I am. Um, you mentioned the thing about Gwen there with her dad. For me, that was kind of the best bit of the story, really, because it was the only bit for me that had a bit of heart to it. Because um, it was great great to see Gwen back on home ground. Uh, that sort of felt a little bit more like the torture of old. It was great to see Reese dressed up as a driver and those two you know, having their little moment in the airport pickup bit. So that was fun. That was, again, a bit more like the old torture. So those scenes were good. And obviously, um, because we've sort of, you know, got an, a slight attachment to Gwen's dad, because it's Gwen's dad, we, we want to see him survive. So, again, it, it's important to care about the characters with a story like this, because if you don't, it'd be even more boring than it already is. So, <laughs> you know, that. So for me, those those scenes were probably the best, you know, when I was sort of rooting for Gwen to get him out of there. But, um I don't know. I also felt like Gwen would normally just march in and take take him out, but she sort of tried to do that, but failed, didn't she? Really, but um, a little bit, yeah, yeah. But those bits are good. I like I like the bits with you know Gwen being back and her mum having already got all the stuff on the wall and the kids all <laughs> dressed in pink and Gwen's not very impressed. Do you know what I mean? Those sort of slightly more. Because it, like you said, it's quite a bleak. We're going down a bleak road with this storyline, so it needed moments like the that really to sort of lighten the in the mood a little bit um and uh, once again eve miles manages to play those scenes really well yeah um she does. unlike some comedic scenes with john barrowman which i thought <laughs> like i mean i don't want to sort of jump the gun here because you know we, we talk about cast and performance i'm sure but mate what is going on with barrowman in this episode i mean there's <laughs> there's a scene where him and rex there, there's a chance for it to be quite a fun scene where he's being loaded into the ambulance and Barrowman's pretending to be his boyfriend and he gets a bit of a he gets sort of a comedic line to do but he barely I mean it just sort of throws the line away almost as if it was an ab lib that they just left in that off the cuff remark he, he says oh that's my old boyfriend or something and he just the way he said the line it was just no mm. it just didn't hit at all and and then when he's in the actual you know, with the torture team like Vesta and that line, mm-hmm. he's sort of trying to lay down the law, but then, oh, you, you, you know, you have no authority over me. I don't know. I just felt like Barrowman is just nice. He's really treading water in this episode. I felt. I do actually. I do like the bits where he's skulking in the background. Actually, now I think about it, I do like the bit where he's sort of hounding Dane at the end, and he's waiting for him to. He gives him the speech. So Barrowman's quite good in those bits. I, I will say that. But but then you think the other scenes. He just is so. He doesn't feel like he's into it really, to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think we had a similar thing, didn't we, with him. Uh, again, this was a couple of a couple of episodes back where uh, what was it? He he had gone out the night before, I think, and was a bit drunk still. Oh yeah, he's hungover. He was hungover, yeah. yeah, you know, and he was, you know, he was trying to be a bit trying to 
there were some bants and I don't know. Mm. It just didn't really come off, I think, the way that he intended it to come off. Like he's uh he's relying on his like on his typical barman charm, if that makes sense. You know, when yeah, he's yeah. either being flirty or whatever. He's got that, you know, typical Hollywood sort of Colgate smile and he's a very <laughs> the Colgate smile. You know what I mean? You know, he's a very yeah, good looking yeah, guy. Just and stuff men like here. That. Yeah. yeah. Um but I think sometimes you can't always just dine out on that. Um you really have to give it a bit of oomph sometimes, you know. You can't just rely on you know, the kind of confident kind of, yeah, well, I'm John Barrowman, so all I need to do is a bit of a smile and a giggle and it's all good. And I think sometimes, um, I think sometimes we need more than that with John Barrowman. We definitely need more. And I think some of those lines, even if they're just throwaway off the cuff, little comedic lines sometimes, I think we do need him to just be a bit more, I don't know. But we've had that with him on and off since the bloody beginning. You know, it's not yeah. just the comedic stuff, you know, some of the deep stuff, some of them, I don't mm. know. He's like, most of the time he's very good, but I don't know. There's just some times where you just think, give us a little bit more, mate. Come on, just a little bit more. Well, that that, that bit with the ambulance just felt like a first take to me. It was like, it was just, it was almost like a rehearsal as if you just said the line. I was like, John, you've been sort of given a fairly, you know, you've, given a, you've been given a moment to be funny and you've just like not bothered. I don't know. Or, or like I said, maybe it's an ab lib that they just, a line they just left in. I don't know. But he wasn't the only one. I mean, Jilly Kissinger, she's not been too bad actually, but there was, I mean, there was a couple of moments of atrocious acting from different people in this episode. There was a bit where she was on the phone to someone going berserk and I'm sorry, but if I'd have the director, I'd have had to have stopped her and said, um, what, what's the actress's name? I'd have had to have said to her, can you just, tone that down a bit because like, she was it was just so embarrassingly over the top she's like going you'll get here right now and she's like you really go for it but it was so poor um there were a couple of moments of different people like that that i just felt like god they're really it felt almost like could this be the first episode that was filmed because no one seems to be really hitting their mark in in some of these scenes <laughs> so i don't know uh, uh. Can't all be like Children of Earth, can it? No, no. no. What knew, do you reckon to the other other guys in this, like Rex and stuff? Are they any improvement there? Because yeah, if, sorry. Uh, before you go on, and sorry, we do gush over that series. I know it's only because we were so into it and and stuff. It's not really fair. To this is so, this one, is so different. Yeah. Yeah. So the other characters. So Rex, then Mecky Pfeiffer. Um, it's He's weird. Drab, it's isn't weird. He? Do you know what it He's is, drab. mate? It's he is drab, and <laughs> and I think because because we haven't formed any kind of emotional connection to his character, it makes it very, very difficult to empathize, empathize with what he's feeling. So at the very end, so there's obviously some, some stuff there between him and Vera, although they have, Mm -hmm. it seems like, well, it comes across to me like they've had a bit of an up and down relationship, not just professionally, but you know, personally as well, they've been involved, you know, romantically and stuff. And in this one, it felt like they were kind of coming together again from a whatever low they were on. You know, they were mm. coming back up. And, then, you know, uh, Jackie's like, oh, I assume you two are, you know, staying together and the same, you know, all that stuff. And then at the very end where we have that horrific bit at the end where Vera is having this kind of ongoing spat with this real idiot that's there that's managing oh yeah this creepy new guy. Creepy Colin, I wrote down. Creepy Colin, yeah. Mm-hmm. So very sexist, very... Um, just over the top and just a real just a real 
beep hole, really. Um, and she's dealing with that. And then he, it takes a real dark turn, um, you know, and, uh, and then he does this thing where you didn't think he was going to do it. I mean, he shoots her in the leg and shoots her in the hand yeah. and stuff like that. And you think, oh, okay, he's done. You know, he's clearly shut her up and, and all the rest of it. But then he needs to cover his tracks. It's horrible. So he's like, you know, we'll test out the, oh God, we'll test out the giant oven, basically. Throws her in there. Mm. Rex finds her because he's sort of undercover. He's been, he's gone in faking this kind of like, yeah, I'm this category because this thing on my chest. So, but then he's undercover and sees her and he's banging away. He's like, you know, but the thing is, I don't really feel anything about that. Unfortunately, I think what Russell T and some other people were hoping is that we would lean forward to the front of the sofa, hands, you know, cheeks <laughs> in hands, like, oh my God, no, sort of thing. But I just didn't, I didn't feel that for him. So, um, you know, that's a bit unfortunate, I think. Um, I, I probably would have felt more if it was Rex in there, to be honest. I mean, although I don't, I, although I find his character quite annoying. Uh, at least I feel some emotion towards him, even if it is annoying. So even if Rex was in there, I probably would have been saying, oh, no, but thinking like, oh, Rex, you know, you're annoying, but I wouldn't wish that on you. Whereas with Vera, um, I haven't really sort of got to know her enough to sort of care too much. Like you said, it's not an OMG moment. It's just, it's a mm. shocking thing. It's a shocking moment, but it could be anybody in there, you know. And, and the thing is, it's a shame actually, because talking of not getting to know Vera, I don't know if you felt this, but there was a couple of moments in this story just before she got shot um, where I was starting to think, ah, right, Vera's character's finally coming out. Like, she's quite feisty. I'm quite liking Vera. Oh, she's shot. She's been burnt. Oh, dear. <laughs> so I was just starting to get to know her and just starting to think she was quite a cool uh, member of the torture team because she's quite strong, isn't she, in mm. those scenes just before she gets shot. Oh, yeah. She yeah. she goes in there. She tells old creepy Collins, puts him in his place, hence mm -hmm. why he ends up shooting her because she's standing up for herself. So I was just starting to like Vera and think, okay, she could be a good character. And she's burnt alive. Um, so that was a shame in a way. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It was a, 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 a harsh scene, but maybe not quite the ONG moment it was supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and you're right. And Rex was... is so weak as well. And oh, he's banging no. on the door. I mean, Rex, it's a metal door, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has to, then he films it. <laughs> you know? I, oh, that, it's, that's the only bit that I did feel for him, actually. Mm -hmm. I tell a lie. Now that you've just said that, I remember that's the only bit yeah. where I thought, "Oh, that now that is hard to do, regardless of mm. who you are and how whatever you feel about somebody." He has to document that, so he's essentially watching and filming someone that he obviously, even though he likes to be a bit macho about it sometimes or whatever, um, he deeply cares about being burnt alive, and that's that is horrific. So I did feel in mm. that bit, yeah, same, yeah, same, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not totally heartless, no. Uh, Alexa Havins didn't have much to do this week. Esther. Who? Esther. Esther. Yeah. Very quiet. Well, I mean, what is the point of her? <laughs> She's a, well, we, we, we she had... may as well not be there. <laughs> I mean, she may as well be burnt. I mean, because what is the point of her? Well, we had a lot. Well, was it last? last I mean, I'm joking. I wouldn't want her to be burnt, but <laughs> she's doing nothing, is she? Um, what was it last episode, one before? They, I think they did try and give us a bit more of a... Uh, a bit more of a storyline for her that we could latch on to. Oh, with her family. With her yeah. family, you know, and reporting okay. the kids and stuff like that. So you kind of felt for her, well, you definitely felt for her actually in, in those moments and stuff. But that's kind of 
dissipated now, and now she's just back to sitting at a desk on the phone every now and then, what not really doing much. And I get that. It's a bit like when we have a busy TARDIS team in Doctor Who. Mm. You know, a lot of episodes where you just said, um, uh, Tosin Cole's character, Ryan, is it? Ryan, yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just had Ryan in the background for about 20 minutes with his hands yeah. in his pockets, just thinking, yep. It's like didn't even realise he was on camera. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. You can't... Mm. It's very, very difficult, I get that, to write a TV show with more than three principal cast members and have them doing something all the time, every episode. We get that. But it does feel like she's kind of served her purpose and now she's just, you know, making up the headcount. So... Not much I, I think she no. should have run in the oven and tried to save Vera and then the door should have slammed and just killed two birds with one stone. <laughs> God. <laughs> and maybe get Rex in there as well. That's the thing, actually. I'm just realising saying this. I mean, I, I am saying this half in jest, but I, even just as I'm saying this out loud, I'm realising that I haven't really formed any likeable attachment to any of the characters. <laughs> uh, I think maybe that's one of the problems, isn't it? Like Esther's doll. Vera was just starting to get good and she's dead. Rex is just annoying. Um, who have you got left? Barrowman and Eve. They're kind of okay because we know them and I think still think Eve's great. Uh, Gwen, I mean, Eve Barrow, Miles. But who else is there? Is, that, is there anyone else? There's just no attachment to any of these main, the new Torchwood team. I think that's half the problem. Um, and I mean, where what is Russell doing in, in, while this series is being made? Is he, because <laughs> I feel like he's come up with a concept. He's probably sort of, um, come up with the characters and said to the writers, right, here's the concept, here's the characters, go away and write, uh, you know, a 10-part series and I'll come in and oversee it and produce it. But he, I don't feel, I don't feel his input in this series. Maybe that's why it's really lacking. I don't feel Russell's heart in this series at all. You yeah. Know? So was he yeah. away writing something else while this was going on? Because he hasn't written any... He wrote the first one, didn't he? And I think he co-writes the last episode. But apart from that, he doesn't write any of these stories, does he? Yeah, you're right. He wrote the first one, Everything Changes, from yeah. series one. And then he hasn't... He, he wrote most of Children of Earth. Yeah. Which says it all. Yeah. Uh, and the only other one that he writes in this series, yeah, is the last one, dude. And that's co- yeah. co-written. But I feel like especially this series miracle day like it has more of a because it's more of a a joint thing with canadian and u.s uh, television company and it's more it feels more u.s based and so on i feel like that's that influence on it has kind of had an effect on it a little bit as well yeah maybe yeah Yeah. and because he's not been involved in the writing very much at all with this of course he's on as exec producer and stuff and he would have given some input, I guess, but there's such a night and day difference, dude. Between, yeah, I feel like it needed more input from him. Definitely, I really yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. If you look, if we if we think back to the reviews that we did as we went through series one and two, we picked out what two or three really good episodes out of a thirteen episode run, um, roughly on each on each series, and uh, surprisingly, a couple of those were Chris Chibnall episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a couple that were really good. And then when we got to Children of Earth, it was just consistently bang, bang, really, really good because Russell was on board doing the writing and so on. And then we're back to him stepping back, not doing much writing. And yeah, it's just... I just got this feeling he was working on, 
you know, a bit like when Mothball was writing Sherlock and, and Doctor at the same time and you could feel he was a bit stretched. Yeah, I feel like Russell yeah. sort of come up with this concept and kind of had to go off. You know, he's left them to it. I'll be back to, I'll be back <laughs> later on in the week, but I've got to go and finish this series. I don't know whatever it would have been. Um, and yeah, he's sort of come back and it's like, this is what they've come up with. And he's probably thought, I don't know, a lot of it probably sounded okay on paper, but um, I'm not sure it's coming across executed that well uh, so mm. far. So when was this being filmed then? So this was out August 2011. So this would have been filmed, what, earlier on that year? Mm. So 2011, what was he doing in 2011? Let's stalk him. Where were you, Russell? What were you doing? <laughs> so 2011, he was... I mean, a, I might be wrong. He might just be sat in his armchair. No, he wasn't, like, bud. No, not no. really. So he was doing the Sarah Jane adventures right? between yeah. 2007 to 2011. And then the only thing he did in between was he was a creative consultant on a BBC One show called Baker Boys. So he wasn't that. producer or writing anything with that. Mm. And then the next project is not until 2012 with the CBBC show that he did, Wizards vs. Aliens. So, Oh, wow, gosh. So, Man, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, he wasn't off doing anything, bud. He was, so I don't know. Who knows, but who knows? Who knows? I feel like he should have got a bit more involved, if he could have. I don't know. I'm sure he was busy doing something, but yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yes. Uh, what do you think to Oswald Danes then? Bill Pullman's still putting in a good one, though, on these. Yeah, I mean, he is giving a good performance, isn't he? I I find the scenes of him uh, kind of bring me back into the story. But I mean, a bit of the speech at the end was was interesting. His character's strange as well because he flits between this sort of unconfident, almost scared character to being quite confident and finding his feet. And um, yeah, I still think he's giving good performance. And I did think the speech bit at the end uh, was quite interesting. Um, just because you had, you know, Jack and Kissinger in the wings, both wanting different outcomes and you've got him in the middle and you're not quite sure what he's going to deliver. So I'm still not sure. I, I assume what he actually eventually came out with was neither of the speeches that he'd been given, but was actually just him improvising, I, I think. Was that what it was supposed to be going on there? He didn't use either yeah. speeches, did he? That's right. And it kind of left you as the viewer hanging. So as he got to the end of that mm. speech, you thought, right, is he going to go down the road of, yep, I'll toe the line with this PR thing and mm. make sure I use the magic words, the revelation thing? Or... Is he going to have some kind of epiphany? Is he going to be like, actually, what this Jack person is saying is actually true? Mm. And maybe I should just, uh, you know, blow the lid off the whole thing. But yeah, so so that was cool. I mean, that was a really good build-up, actually. I did quite like that scene in in the episode because the music was good. It was had this sort of uplifting emotional score that was going on in the background and the way he just winged, you know, it was was cool. And I like Bill Pullman. He's a good... Um, it must be diff- it must be difficult no matter how your outlook on life where you align yourself with certain things and it's only a character in a TV show I get that but the fact that you're playing a convicted paedophile must it mustn't be like when you get home from work and Bill mm. Pullman's wife's like so how was how was work today he's like oh yeah the usual you know played a paedophile played a murderer it was all good mm. love yeah no complaints you know so you know, which obviously wouldn't be that way, but but the fact that he's putting his all into it, you can see that he's really like, even when he, the speech is done, and you know, and he's just sort of this weird sort of dance around the stage, and he's flinging yeah. his arms up and stuff. You can just see that he's, you know, he's really going with it, and that would have been quite difficult to film as well because 
I'm assuming with the um, uh, with the exception of a few people that they had in the front rows and they kind of fleshed it out a little bit, that would have just been a big empty auditorium. You no, know. I, yeah, I would assume so. so yeah, there's probably no one there. So, you know, that's obviously the job of an actor is to mm. use your imagination a little bit, but he would have had to have envisaged in his mind a roaring crowd, you know, really giving him some some stick to begin with and then yeah. him turning it around. So, yeah, that was a good scene from him. He's a good actor. It was a good scene, and I'm glad to see him getting a bit of stick as well because that's one of the issues I've had with this storyline is that because he is playing this convicted paedophile... I couldn't understand why anybody would sort of get on his side, apart from maybe some very strange people. You know, I couldn't imagine like a mass audience uh, supporting him because of what he'd done in the past. So I, I've struggled with that storyline up until this point. So I'm just like, well, that would that happen? Like you would, you just wouldn't support somebody like that, surely. But uh, they sort of addressed it a little bit in this episode that you could see that the basically he won the crowd over again. Still not sure that would happen, but it was done in the way they sort of portrayed on screen was done a bit more realistically this time, whereas people jeering him and shouting at him. And I was thinking, yeah, you would. You wouldn't. You know, I don't get these people that are like, oh, I love Oswald Deans. He's the best. I'm thinking, but he's a convicted paedophile. Would you really be saying that? So it was good to see him getting a bit of a backlash. And um, yes, obviously, with the speech, he, he won the audience over or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit more interesting. It would have been good as well. I almost half expected to see like a gun, a red dot on, the, on his back of his jacket or something in case he didn't say that word. Do you know what I mean? That would have added to the tension that if he... Because he's obviously being used as a puppet, isn't he, by somebody. Someone, yes. So it would have been quite... Yeah, yeah I felt like if maybe somebody was lurking in the wings with a, with a you know... Uh, what do you call it? A sight rifle, just in case he uh, yeah. didn't yeah. say that word at the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I know what you mean. It's um, yeah, and I'm really hoping because you and I have seen this series, right? But it was so long ago, um, and I honestly, I only have little tiny, fuzzy sort of images of what happened. I honestly cannot remember what happens to his character. I really can't. But no, I'm assuming he's going to die. Of course, yeah. yeah. Also, that's one thing I didn't understand is, so I didn't think he wanted to die. Does he want to die? Because Jack mm. actually says to him, look, I'll give you what you want. I'll I'll let, I'll let you die. I don't but know, I didn't dude. think Dane wanted to die. I don't think he, I don't think he does. I don't, I don't think he I wants to die. I think so he, why is Barrowman offering him death? I mean, what? I think he's guessing. I think he's trying to, oh, right. I think he's trying to get inside his head a little bit and and predict what he's actually feeling instead of this persona that he's putting onto the world mm-hmm. so yeah i think that's jack just trying to to say look I, I know what you really want sort of thing what you really really want so um <laughs> you know go and read this thing and then you know we can help you let's work together we can we can sort it out and then we can so but that obviously fails and i'm glad it did actually because we've got five eps to go <laughs> we can't just you know have have oswald sort of keel over and and be like, yeah, I was a bad guy, but now, you know, I want to work with you and make the world a better place so I can, you know, that would have been like, yeah, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, Bill Pullman, pretty sweet in this one again. Yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah. And uh, we, we've got Jack once again on the beach in full get up, you know, 300 degree heat on the beach and you've got Barrowman swooning down there and in full coat. And Jack, he must have been baking. I mean, <laughs> surely he has he not got, you know, like the doctor has like his summer 
you know, like when he goes to Seville, he take, he's got his nice little flowery waistcoat. And when he <laughs> went yeah. to the planet of, you know, the Davison one where he goes to wherever it is, he's got his nice little waistcoat. Surely Barrowman's got, he can take that coat off in, you know, on the beach, oh, surely. I know. He just looks ridiculous swanning around on the beach in that coat. And he must have been baking. <laughs> oh, well... Well, we had the second uh, the second doctor legging down the beach in a big furry coat, didn't we? Yeah, what was that for? So, what was that from again? That was like a little. It's a flashback thing. It was a wasn't flashback it? Yeah, it was really thing. Really weird. Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because remember saying at the time, why would <laughs> don't remember the doctor on a bit? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> hmm. That sure. coat. Uh, what do you think to uh, uh, last couple of characters? Then, so we had uh, Vera, poor Vera. So she decides like. When she finds out about this whole um, uh, this whole category thing that they started to label people as, she hates that idea. No good. Yeah. So she's like, tortured. You need my help. You, you know, I'm on board. You know, what, what can I do? So you kind of like a little fist bump in the air. It's like, yes, like she's, um, you know, she's joined the cause, sort of thing. She's going to, you know, help sort it all out. And then lo and behold, she's a goner. Actually, she can't, yeah, because with some people like Rex who have been, who have been injured to a degree that, oh, this is also weird, dude, right? I need to ask you mm-hmm. this because I, I just thought of it. There's a bit, there's a scene where Rex is explaining to, so Vera's turned up uh, at the Tortured sort of temporary base. They're in there. They're talking about what's going on with these categories and so on. And Rex says to Vera and to everyone else, presumably, that, he doesn't understand what category he's in because he's like, I should have died because of this. And then he says, but this is starting to heal. He's like, I'm starting to heal. So what category am I in now? Mm. And Vera, so how does that work? I'm pretty sure it was like one or the other. It was like you were injured and that was it. You don't, your body doesn't do anything. So did you get why he said that? No, I didn't get it at all. Uh, this is why I wonder if, because we're having so many different writers on this series, if there's a bit of inconsistency here, or if maybe people are starting to heal. But no, I, that didn't make sense to me either. Because I keep thinking back to the the chopped up, you know, the the fray, the um, the fried body that they chopped the head off of. You know, right at the start of the series, you know, there was that thing on the slab that had been charred, oh, yes. been burned yeah. to death, yep. but it was still alive. So that's what I'm also thinking of in the incinerator thing. So I thought nobody could actually die, no matter what you did. Exactly. But you, yeah. but if you burn them to death, as the, I don't know. Again, it just feels a little bit inconsistent in, in what we're being told here. But maybe things are changing. I mean, we don't know how this miracle day has even happened in the first place, or if somebody's done it, or is it just a miracle that's happened? We, you know. We, we don't really still don't know much about miracle day itself or why it's happening so maybe things are changing and people can start to heal i don't know that was the thing wasn't it because in the first episode i think we had that body that was on the medical table yeah and its head was detached <laughs> so i mean they said and you could there's nothing you can do to kill anybody yeah and that body was burnt and charred and everything like that so i can only assume I think this makes sense that in these big ovens, basically, that the temperature's so high that it just literally, you know, burns away the... You're literally dust. Yeah, like literally. So, mm. yeah, anyway, I don't know. So so there's no coming back for Vera. So <laughs> no. Arlene, uh, I think that's her done now for Torchwood, it, it seems. Unless 
unless somebody at the very beginning of the next episode shuts the oven off and she hasn't been affected by it. But then again, Rex's face looks pretty pretty upset as he was filming through the window so I don't know I want to see her burst out like the Terminator Terminator 2 like all in flames like <laughs> coming out of the oven <laughs> you know I'm still alive oh god yeah I don't know I think Vera, Vera as a character I think was just getting going so I, I kind of would have preferred Esther to if you're going to get rid of a character I think Esther's so boring uh, she, <laughs> unless she's going to come good in the next five episodes she might do I mean I hope they I hope she does actually I hope they do something with the character Really do. Mm, because um, she's just a, a desk jockey at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. She's like yeah. the sort of, you know, how Tosh used to get stuck behind the computer a lot of episodes. But at least Tosh was interesting and put a bit of life into the character. Hester's like a, a watered down version of Tosh, a yeah. very watered down version. Yeah. A little bit. Mm. Any more characters, dude? Oh, Kai, uh, Kai Owen, Reese. he was cool. Yeah, Can't it's always good Reece. to see old Kai. He brings a bit of uh, fun back into it, doesn't he? Yes. In his chauffeur outfit. Yeah, and he's doing a good job of, of supporting supporting Gwen as well because yeah. she's losing her rag a couple of times and mm-hmm. he can see, he's like, look, if you keep going, you're going to get arrested and you'll be no good then. So he calms her down a little bit. and you know, He, st- he still lets her... She's, obviously, anyone... if Listener, actually, is a good point. If you've never seen Tortured before... Well, you've never watched it. Um, Gwen Cooper is a great character for the most part, Brilliant. especially in the last the last series. And she's really headstrong. So I don't think he's the sort of guy that's ever going to be like, no, you can't do that, obviously, or, you know, mm. you shouldn't be doing that. I think he'll always let her, that's the wrong word, let her. He'll always um, just sort of be by her side as she's cracking on and doing that stuff. Um, but he's also got that calming influence at times, I think. And he's a great character, Reese. Very good. Mm. Like Reese. PC and yeah, I do like Reese. Uh, PC Andy's back for a little bit as well. PC Andy. You can see how PC Andy's back. Oh, he's cool, actually. Tom Price. He's um. He's all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like PC Andy. Mm. Yeah, gets on well with Gwen. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but he was only in it for a few minutes, but still pretty cool. Uh, who else did we have? I think that was it, really. Yeah, few. just creepy Colin, that new character. I mean, he's a good sinister character, isn't he? The one who throws Vera in the fire pit. Like, he's got the potential to be a good villain, if you like. But I don't know if he's, like, going to be a main character or if he's just literally come in for this one bit. I don't know. But, I mean, the actor himself, no offence, looks a bit creepy and he really plays up to that. So, yes. yeah. yeah. Yeah, he gave me the creeps, that guy. Creepy Colin. Creepy Colin. Mm. <laughs> Yes. All right, then. Uh, I think that's it. What about Eve Miles, then? Because, yeah, we don't need to say much, do we? She's just mega consistent and great, as always. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. is good. Yeah. She's good. Okay. Uh, I've got nothing else on my notes, dude. I don't know about you. No, uh, only the music. I mean, we spoke about um, Murray Gold earlier. Still not particularly liking his music in the series. Uh, no, There was no screechy American guitar this week, which was good, but... I still didn't like the music because I feel like it doesn't fit. There are dialogue scenes where the music's just playing in the background as if um, Murray's just gone in and pressed play on a cassette player. It just, it doesn't fit. You know what I mean? There, there were sort of scenes yeah. where Gwen was yeah. talking to Reese, and you've got this sort of plodding on music. And I'm thinking, no, that's, <laughs> that, that doesn't have the right, that's not the right tone for the scene at all. It's a, I just feel like Murray's delivered a soundtrack, you know, instead of actually 
you know, like they sometimes will play the music alongside watching the scene. Yes, I feel like yeah. Murray's just delivered a soundtrack and they've just used bits, whatever bits they think sound okay with certain scenes because they don't, they don't fit the right tone for me in, the, in this episode. And in mm. fact, in this series so far, it's just the, the music's just tonally wrong. Mm, it, yeah, you're right. It was like that in a couple of places. Yeah, it's just yeah. a bit overbearing. It's like it's not it's not um, complementing the scene at all. Yes. Yep. No, I get that. Yeah, maybe Segan should have jumped on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> waiting in the w- waiting in the wings. <laughs> um, but no, I've got nothing else to say on that, dude. I think I've yeah, I haven't got anything else on my notes. Uh, same, dude. So let's go on to scores, and I think it's me to go first. I'm going it to give is. this a six out of ten because. Uh, it wasn't a terrible watch, and I'm going to sound like a broken record as we go through this series. I think it wasn't a terrible watch, but there were some, there were a few bits in there that I could get into. Just wasn't quite, yeah, just nothing outstanding that's making me think, oh wow, this is just some amazing torture, and I can't wait to watch. It's just a, yeah, it's not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a six as well. Like, to be honest with you, it sounds six sounds a little high for me, but. 5.5 is quite bad and it's not bad it was like you said enough to sort of keep me going and watching it and um we're halfway through the series now dude and like although i'm not loving it there is enough just to sort of keep me like i do want to get to i think probably by episode three or four i was thinking god am i gonna i think like when it was on tv i was i don't think i ever finished the series i don't know um, but I'm episode five now and there is enough to sort of just about keep me going. I'm intrigued enough to want to finish it. Like, I don't feel like I want to give up. So although I'm not loving it by any stretch of imagination, I am sort of into it in a sense. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the characters are a bit weak and stuff, but I, there's enough going on to make me want to get some answers and get to the end of the series. But I really hope the next sort of five episodes, um, deliver something new because we are going around in circles a bit at the minute in terms of uh story so mm-hmm. but yeah there's yeah. enough to keep going I, I i do i feel something for it that i didn't feel when it started makes sense dude yeah. yes yeah so I, I sort of want to get to the end yeah okay all good that's a six from us then on that one mm-hmm. so what did our listeners think we had a few over on twitter we had will sanger says it's better than most of the previous episodes, I have to admit, I like the scenes of Gwen trying to get her dad out of the overflow camp with Reese. Mm-hmm. However, the storyline feels overstuffed, and by this point, I feel like I should have a better idea of what is going on. Yes, definitely. Very good, Will. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, Doctor Who Holmes says, going back to Cardiff to rescue Gwen's dad was the best thing to happen since episode one. It mm. brought the heart back to Torchwood, but once that's cast aside, it's a bit waffly. Six out of ten. Mm-hmm. another good one uh owen uh chippy t says mid-season equals high uh octane stakes the cross atlantic break uh of the camps is well handled tense and fraught with danger the revelation that the category ones are dispensable is terrifying gwen and rex are on top uh fear form uh this is more like it an eight from me Okay. okay. And lastly, Jordan, one of our writers, says this episode traumatized me when I was younger and left me with serious <laughs> phobias. Like, uh, oh. imagine my horror seeing outdoor clinics during COVID, like ones here, and Vera's death is just as horrifying now as it was then. And I've got a fear of burning. Oh dear, Jordan. 
Mm, Jesus, not a good one for you. And uh, Miracle Day was too disturbing for me. Oh, Jordan. Mm. Yeah, it's probably a few people like that, dude. Uh, thank you very much. Over on Twitter, we just had one over on the over on the Facebook from Patrick Bogard, and it's more of a an observation, really. Um, uh, interestingly, Miracle Day takes place in 2011, so this must have all been going on in the background of the Impossible Astronaut and Closing Time. Oh, interesting. That is interesting, isn't it? Mm. Obviously, you can't account for that. No. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be in a real big spaghetti junction of a brain uh, mm. trying to uh, anyway yeah that's a good observation yeah cool so thank you very much uh, all of you that have uh, got in contact that's very cool next week bud we're back to modern doctor who so what we got them yes matt smith next week and it, it's so hot here in the uk that we need a bit of cooling down so we're going to be watching the snowmen the uh, christmas special yeah yes snowmen. i'm not gonna lie but that's exactly the reason why i put that on there for next week I thought it's so hot. We need some. We need to be watching something that at least makes us psychologically feel a bit cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we couldn't have the um. What was the Matt Smith episode where they will turn red skinned and it, it's just really baking hot all the time? Uh, what the almost people? Is it no. the almost people? No, um, I don't know. There's yeah. Can- or forty two where tenants burning up inside the space. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway. Next week, then, some snow <laughs> to bring the temperatures down a little bit with the snowmen. So, uh, yeah, get your uh, get that watch because we'll be asking for your thoughts, as always, on that stuff. And I think we'll wrap it there, dude. That's a good time to wrap it uh, for episode 359. Okay. Thank you, thank you for coming back and listening to another episode of the Big Blue Box Podcast. That was episode 359. Thank you so much for listening. As Adam said, next week, for Modern Doctor Who Week, we are uh, going to look at The Snowman, uh, the 11th Doctor story. So get your Blu-rays, your DVDs, your uh, your uh, Britbox, uh, not Britbox, iPlayer. Get all that fired up, get it watched, because we'll be asking for your thoughts and... Uh, and uh, and opinions on that as always you can do that on the twitter and the facebook just look out um i think um yeah every monday i schedule a post to go out uh, asking for your thoughts so just keep an eye out for that and if you're not following us on the socials make sure you do that just go to the website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk there are links there or just do a search because we chat doctor who throughout the week and obviously make sure you are following and subscribing to this very podcast in your fave podcast app as we plop a new episode out every Friday. So make sure you do that. And while you're on the website, check out the reviews and articles from our writing team. Some very cool stuff from those guys. And uh, you can also link off to our free Discord server. You can link off to that, jump in there and chat who with other Who fans. Also, check out Adam's channel over on YouTube. It is, of course, the Geek's Handbag. Yes, and I've plopped out many videos on there. Plopped out. Again, have a look at that. That's what you said. <laughs> yeah, oh. so go and have a look at my channel. <laughs> As he plops out lots of videos. Go and do that. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, right, yeah, until next week then. My name's Gary. 
Mine's Adam. And remember, actually no, Adam's on the socials too, so go and do that. I almost forgot. Until then, my <laughs> name's Gary, he's Adam. Mine is- and remember... <laughs> 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 <laughs>